it sort of spiraled out of control a little bit more when I found out that I was I was losing my career. When they're saying, you know, you're now not fit to serve in the Australian Army because of your medication and you can't handle weapons and you've got mental health issues. Um, so then that's a whole other thing to so deal with like, as well. well. What am I going to do? Exactly. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Like yeah. um, at that stage, like uh, my wife was pregnant with our son. Um, we just bought a house. Yeah. Got a puppy. So it was everything was crashing down. Yeah. And got all these bills and now they're telling me I can't, I can't do what I love doing. Um, so it's just like, oh, well, what am I as a person? Yeah. And I was diagnosed with PTSD. I was um, diagnosed first with anxiety, um, with ag- agoraphobia, panic attacks. Yep. Um, and then obviously I had my other injuries of my shoulder and my hearing loss um, and a few other niggling knees and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was discharged with. And how did they explain PTSD to you? So PTSD, that's just a complex beast. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, anxiety, depression, alcohol abuse, adjustment disorder, um, they all fall under the umbrella of PTSD um, and it can come in such a, a vast, you can have one of them or you can have all of them. Um, I got asked on a course once, well, there was seven of us sitting around, we got asked, um, there's this whiteboard and it was just a question, what is PTSD to you? First guy that got up, stood up, grabbed a text and the first thing he wrote on the board was suicide. And it's just like, well, that's what PTSD means to him. Like, that's the first thing that came into his mind is PTSD means suicide. And then there was, yeah, substance abuse, alcohol dependency, um, resentment, anger, fear, like socialization. It's, there's so many things that fit into PTSD that I don't actually think is a full list because um, emergency services, PTSD would be, be different as well. And standing next to someone, explaining to them that they've just lost everything in their house, they break down and cry. I mean, that in itself could be PTSD because of the emotional turmoil that volunteers now had to see someone live with. Um, so it's a very, very complex question, I guess. Yeah. So how did you, how did you approach it? Did you have a clear way forward at all, or uh, is there a program for that? Where do you start with trying to rehabilitate? You meant to look towards places like RSLs and open arms counselling services and, and do the right things. But when you get to that stage, and I was one of them, when I found out that I was losing everything, um, I didn't want to engage. I didn't want to go out and seek help. I was, I was too busy in my own mind going, what am I going to do? How am I going to now provide? How am I going to pay my bills? What am, what's my next career? And then you sit in a dark room, watching TV, watching a movie, drinking. And then the next day you do the same thing, but you just stay in your pajamas. You're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck and you just self-isolate. One of those big PTSD symptoms. Um, And I did it for ages. I just self-medicated at home with my prescription drugs. And then I drank and then my partner would come home and be like, what have you done all day? And I'd be like, nothing. Then that would lead to an argument. Um, and then I'd go and get help and I'd go and see my psychologist and my psychiatrist and put on that brave face that everything's fine and when it wasn't. And then, yeah, what, what do you do? You just, it's, a, it's a sort of a cycle. Yeah. And do you, could you clearly feel yourself getting worse? I, I was 100% getting worse daily. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of, um, my partner had had enough and she's like, you, 
got to go and get help. So I actually admitted into the mental health ward at the repat um, when it was there um, for, I think it was there for five weeks, um, which was good to start with because I got- so that was detox and- Yeah, sort of detox and um, having that constant care from nurses. And I didn't have to worry about myself. Like I could just pretty much survive um, rather than trying to worry about everything else that was going at home. I was almost removed from everything that was going on. Yeah, um, all the pressure. Yeah, all the pressure of like, oh, how am I going to pay the bills? And like every time you go to the fridge and your bills are on the fridge, it's like, oh, shit. And when there's too much, it's so overwhelming that you end up doing nothing. Yes. Yeah. You don't know where to start. Exactly, of. yeah. And then having your partner at home too going, like being angry at you, it just compounds even more because like you're upsetting them as well. And, and you don't, you don't know what to do. You're ashamed. Yeah, yeah, shame. You don't, you don't know how to fix it. Um, so yeah, I ended up seeking help and spending some time there and um, the first time I was in there it was I thought it was really beneficial um, and re- really really good um, and then obviously I went back went back home and um, sort of tried to press on the best I could and um, everything like that but it, in the end I, ju- I needed more I, I wasn't ready to get out but I couldn't be in any longer because I was holding a bed for someone else and, um, and then I ended up just one night, we, my wife and I just had a massive, massive fight, massive falling out, and I just went, well, I'm going back to the wards, and it's probably best that we separate because we can't live together, we can't be together, we can't be happy, and you're not happy, I'm not happy, and all of that. So it's just like, and that was just a massive shock. I just pretty much packed a day bag and got in my car and called the hospital, and I was on my way there, and they're like, oh, we're full, we can't have you. So I went and stayed, crashed at a mate's house for a couple of days and then waited for a bed and got in. Um, and yeah, tried to get the help again and sit in the system. And um, But then even then, the second time around I was in, I knew everybody that was still in there or back in there or something like that. And I actually developed a, a drug habit in there because – they were so readily available and I had my own prescriptions that I could get filled throughout the day as mm. well as take their prescriptions. Um, so I ended up, yeah, taking, lining up in the morning for my drugs, lining up for the afternoon in my drugs and then sitting out in the back with other people taking their drugs. Um, so I actually developed quite a, quite a bad habit in hospital um, just because of the availability of the drugs. Um, yeah. Because you were trying to be as detached as as, as possible. possible, yeah, just searching, searching for the numbness. 